Welcome to Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts where we discuss how to break into the performing arts industry for yourself or your child, teen, or young adults. Guests include artists, creatives, casting directors, musical directors, choreographers, agents and managers, as well as parents of young professional actor, singer, dancers, all who are passionate and share my vision of helping talented individuals land professional representation and have successful careers in the arts. My name is Lisa Solek and I am the CEO and founder of Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts, having helped hundreds of clients break into the business on stage, in films, television, commercial work and more. This podcast is supplemental to my groundbreaking online courses, Professional Kids and Teens 101, a primer for parents, and Professional Biz 201 for young adults, college students, and graduates. For more information, check out all the ways that you can benefit from my online courses, my free weekly newsletter, and free guides. Go to lbctalent.com. My guest today is Jake Vincent. Hi, Jake. How are you? I'm great, Lisa. How are you? I'm so good. And I'm so thrilled that you're here to share your story with all of our listeners because yours is a very, a very unusual one. And, um, I know a lot of the information that is out there in regard to, you know, dancers getting to do what you got to do is, um, hard to come by. So I'm really happy that, um, you know, you could be here with us. Likewise. I'm so excited and looking forward to this as well. So I really like to start at the beginning and ask all the guests, like, when did you realize that you wanted to be a performer? Like, was it, were you really young? Like, were you in that age group of like, say three to six and you knew that this was something that made you happy and that you were interested in, or was it something that kind of took a while to, to kind of simmer? I think it might be a little bit of both, actually. I think when I was a child, I, I hear a lot of stories from my mother that I was dancing a lot as a young child, and she was constantly videotaping me and recording me while I was dancing around the house, and so much so that she actually enrolled me in dance classes, a jazz class, when I was five years old. Um, and um, I didn't really stick with it because there wasn't any other guys, uh, any other boys in the class, which is so common among uh, male dancers. And uh, I just kind of felt like it wasn't the right time for me to start. Um, but I definitely enjoyed it. And I think that feeling never left me of wanting to be a dancer and performer. However, societal demands and pressures of wanting to do sports and or or feeling the need that I have to do sports kind of took over and I went that direction for I would say the first 14 years of my life. Really? So so what kind of sports did you do? Uh I grew up playing soccer and baseball and my dad was actually the coach for both sports. So I was it was a very athletic household growing up and staying active, which really I now attribute a lot of my dancing to growing, like having that sports infusion as a, as a young kid. Um, and, uh, I feel like that kind of kept me in a physical shape, even though I wasn't dancing, I was still very active and moving my body through space. Mm -hmm. Did you find that in sports that you were very coordinated already? Did, did it come easy to you? It did. It did. I had a lot of natural hand-eye coordination and I don't think I loved it. My dad always says, he's like, you didn't love sports, but you were really good at it. So I just kept you <laughs> doing it. So like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is, it's so nice that, you know, when you're younger and you can find something you have an affinity for, but you definitely want to find something you also have a passion for. So, exactly. um, so we have a past, which we, we don't do. have to go into that detail too much, but um, I, I have to share with all the listeners that, um, 
Jake um, had come into my school and I just immediately saw that he had an amazing amount of talent and affinity as a dancer. So I'd love to hear your, your, you know, what you remembered about that, that story when you first came into the school and started working. Well, I remember that, you know, I feel like for a lot of young artists, like 14, 15 years old is a very strange time. A lot's changing. There's a lot of um, insecurities that you're dealing with. And and I was a very outgoing child, but at that point in my life, I became extremely nervous and quiet and introverted when I went to high school, um, when I moved up to Flemington, New Jersey. So I moved a week before high school started and I, I didn't know a soul in this giant high school. And my mom was just like, you need to do something. Like, I know you don't want to do sports anymore. I really think you should like try acting. So I went into an acting class. And then from there, I was like, okay, I really am enjoying this. I'm coming out of my shell. I started doing high school musicals and then I started doing regional uh, theater. But then I didn't really feel the connection of being this, uh, this artistic spark until I met you. And I was like wait, what is this dance thing? What's going on with this whole dance thing? And I Mm -hmm. started training with you at your school. And I was like, I want to eat this up. I want to know as much as I can and continue to train as as fast as I can because I've never felt this feeling, this spark before. Yeah, I have to share with you that, um, I don't know if you remember, but when you came in, I think it was through the theater program. And then we noticed that you had the affinity for the dance. And then I remember saying, do you just come in? It was like the beginning of the summer. I said, come in and let me just play with you and see what you can do. And I told you it'd be maybe an hour, maybe a half hour. I think we were in that back room for three hours. I, you kept I'm like, call your mother, tell her to come a little later because yeah. I just, so much that you were capable of and so much that you were picking up almost as though you had done it before. And that was, of course, very exciting for me um, just to see that. And the fact that you were willing to stay there with me for, for that amount of time um, was definitely very telling. Yeah. And then I remember, um, you know, you were definitely involved taking the classes that summer. And I remember you were assisting the young children's classes because I said to you, I don't have classes for your age group doing beginner work, but you can come in and help me with the younger children's classes to be able to pick up the basics and all of the technique, which you were willing to do, which was also very telling about how passionate you were about wanting to do it and how much you loved it. And yeah, the rest was kind of history. We put you right into the dance company and you just kind of were thrown to the thrown in the fire. But I think for, for listeners and definitely for parents who have children who find the arts, um, you know, whether that's as young children or preteens or teenagers, you know, sometimes you do have to listen to what professionals are saying to you, you know, because there's a lot of a lot of clients who are adults who said when they were younger, they had the talent, the teacher was telling the parent, the parent wasn't really running with it, and didn't feel it was something that was viable and something that was even possible for their child to do professionally, they don't see it as something that is a possibility for their kids. And so they don't pursue it or they don't, they don't allow them to do it. And I kudos to your mom (laughs) for, for allowing you to do all of it because you immediately, you know, were doing the competitive thing and you did. I remember, and tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like you had, 
you you had a real passion for the contemporary movement and the storytelling. I remember that. And I feel like that was the first time that like I I may have had like a solo that was maybe 16 counts, but like I just remember being like, what is this? Like what is this feeling of being on stage telling a story with your body? And it was my first time doing it. Um well I must have been 16 or 17 then because it, mm-hmm. it was a bit later. And mm-hmm. it just I got bit by that bug of of telling a story with on stage. Yeah, you were you were amazing. It was it was really pretty incredible to watch you perform actually at such a young age and be be able to. It was almost like innately you knew what to do. So let's talk about your journey beyond that. So you talk about how you decided to go to school, you know, to do the the higher education thing, what that process was like, and you know what kind of things happened during that time, so that you can kind of give parents and listeners a sense of what it's like to be in a higher education program for dance. Yeah. I, well, to be honest, I was so torn um, senior year. I was so torn between I really wanted to m- move to L.A. after high school and just try and do something, whether it was commercial dance or like maybe try acting again and doing acting and film. And I wanted to really try and make it, uh, uh, try and be a movie star for less or better words. Um, at <laughs> sure. Years old. But um you know, my parents, of course, were like, let's just, let's just try an audition for a school. You've been dancing so much. I know you love dance. And I spoke to you about it and you were like, I really think you should continue with your training a little bit further. And I was like, that is the best advice. Cause if I would have moved to LA at 18, I would have gotten chewed right up. So, uh, <laughs> I auditioned for one school. I luckily got in on scholarship. I went to Montclair state university and um it was so it's a modern dance concentration program where i graduated with a double major in bachelor performing arts and um, dance education and oddly enough my freshman year um mr taylor the organization that's behind me that i currently dance for came to set a work on the dance department and that was my freshman year we did a piece called company b and i was hooked i was completely hooked by this way of moving and modern dance but telling the story that felt like i was kind of combining my acting roots and and i felt like a movie star a little bit and it was a, a character element to it as well as very technical and athletic movement uh so check all the boxes for me and i said that's where i want to go that's that's going to be my finish line so Upon graduation, I danced for a couple various companies, um, which allowed me to tour all throughout Europe and throughout the United States and performing at major theaters and theater venues and ultimately led me to join the Paul Taylor company in 2017. I was one of the the last hires that Mr. Taylor hired before he passed away. Uh, Now the company's under the direction of uh, Michael Novak. So it's an exciting time. Very. That's that's an amazing story. I I remember it happening early for you, but I didn't recall that it was freshman year that you actually got exposed to the program. That yeah. is pretty incredible. So so you did have a couple of other projects that you did along the way. Was that during college or was that after college before you got involved with Paul Taylor professionally? I started working professionally for another company when I was a senior in college. Um, then I moved on to two other companies, uh, besides Paul Taylor, uh, the first year out of graduation and then the year after I joined a different company. 
and dance there. That was mostly European performances. Um, and then 2017 is when I joined Taylor a couple of years after graduation. Do you have any advice for one who loves dance and wants to pursue the concert dance space? I would say one of the most incredible things about concert dance is that it is a constant state of discovery. You're constantly discovering your art form. You're, you're forever a perpetual student, which I know can sound like a negative thing, but I find it to be liberating because you're constantly learning new things about your craft. Um, there's always different things to work on. You're never going to be perfect. I mean, I guess people can really adapt this sort of mindset to a lot of different art forms, but I would say for concert dance, it's pretty refreshing to know that you're going to be improving and moving forward throughout your career if you just have the right mindset towards it. And would you say that certain concert dance companies tend to lean a little bit toward specific body types based on the work that's required? And if so, what what yeah, what are the differences, say, between Paul Taylor dancers and uh, other companies that you know about or that you, you know, maybe maybe you know some people that are involved in some of the other companies, because it just would be interesting, I think, for dancers to understand those differences if they have in mind that they want to pursue a specific company. So are there differences that are clear and concise? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I would say the characteristics for Paul Taylor, being a dancer in this organization, you have to have a 50-50 match of athleticism and technique and foundational technique in your body. Um, so meaning you can do things like three pirouettes and stay on a relevé balance for a while. However, you also need to be able to slide to the ground and get up and run like your life depends on it and throw yourself and catch other people in the air. So there's this, there's this vastness to the body of repertoire that you need to have within your training and within your approach to dance as well. So that body type, I would say, yields a more athletic body type. Um, which works great for someone like myself who has an extreme passion for fitness as well. You know, I'm a personal trainer on the side. So there's like that total mix of, of health and wellness that kind of can be infused into this concentration of concert dance. So a lot of young dancers, especially beginner young dancers, especially today, tend to not want to take technical class. They tend mm. to not want to do ballet class. And there's this fine line between, especially for a parent, there's a fine line where the parent knows and understands what the professional is saying. However, it's hard to get across to the child that this is important, right? And a lot of them want to or are interested in other dance forms just because it's more fun. It's easier. I don't know why, but they don't want to put that work in. And so based on your experience and your understanding, your own personal experience as well, what kind of advice would you give to a parent who is dealing with that type of situation with a child? You don't want to discourage them and their interest. And so if you were in that situation where you were trying to advise a parent, how would you approach that? Or how do you think they should approach it with their child? Well, I mean, a blanket statement, right, that I'm sure we all have said a million times is ballet is the foundation to everything in dance. 
And that is extremely important to be completely honest with your child. If they are interested in pursuing a dance in any concentration, they need to have an extreme knowledge of ballet. They don't have to be a professional ballet dancer, but they need to know how to coordinate their body in a way that is foundational and will support later techniques that came later in life. Um, however, I do think that sometimes, um, for younger students, especially there can be a burnout factor. If you, if you give them rigorous, um, ballet classes that are too strict at a young age, they can really get a bad taste in their mouth for it. So I would say look for classes and programs that are a bit more, um, geared towards younger students, but also are just fun. Creative movement is a great way to infuse learning the positions of the, of the, um, of the body and positions of ballet positions without, you know, having a formal bar and across the floor situation. Um, but then you also want to, you want to take into account as they get older that they're not taking ballet to an extreme where it can be dangerous and it can be, they're forcing turnout. There's also that extreme as well. So you want to find that middle ground where it's a healthy approach. Um, cause it is such a, there's so many different schools There's Russian, there's Chiketti, there's so many different ideas behind ballet. You want to find what works best for your child and it's what's healthiest for your child for longevity and for, um, supporting other dance forms that they're interested in. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you that just simply because you, I didn't realize that you had an educate a degree in dance education as well. Yeah. News to me. I didn't even know. I didn't know that. (laughs) So if someone is interested in being a Paul Taylor dancer, if that's an aspiration for them, what would your advice be as far as preparation and maybe also tie in what the audition process is like to become a Paul Taylor dancer? It's a great question. I would say the major difference between commercial work and concert dance work is that the concert dance world is such a smaller concentrated industry than the commercial world. So the best way to get your foot in the door is to get very familiar with the company, going to the the studios, going to take classes to train in that style at that studio. Like of course, Taylor classes and grand classes and, and, um, Cunningham can be offered in various studios around the world. However, to really get into the organization is you want to show your face as much as possible and continue to study with as many different teachers as possible, because that's the way, the best way to cover the vastness of the repertoire and the vastness to approaches and, you know, finding, oh, I like the way this teacher taught this specific exercise. I like the way this teacher explained this to me. It really connected Mm -hmm. for me. Sure. And then what is the, what is the audition process like? Is there a formal audition that happens or is it by invite only? How does that actually work? There is a formal audition process. It is, um, it's quite an interesting story. Um, so, uh, Paul Taylor was, um, an incredible person and an incredible dance maker. And the first thing he would have you do when you audition is to walk across the floor one by one. So he would have a musician play a rhythm on the side of the sta- on the side of the studio, and he would you would be in numerical order with the number on your chest, and you're in your unitard, you're ready to go, and um, he you just you enter and you walk on a diagonal across, and it's his way to see you on stage because there's nothing more revealing than a dancer on stage. You're not saying anything verbally, but you're saying so much physically about who you are with your mm-hmm. body. 
And that was sort of his way to get to know you um, right off the bat. And then from there, there's many different uh, combinations of repertory that will be taught by current dancers or past dancers and alumni. And you'll be whittled down small groups, small groups. And it's usually over a course of two days. And interesting. So did you have to go through that process or did you invited into the process because of them coming to your university? Um, I was offered, so I, they came to my university and I was like, okay, this is where I want to go. How do I get there? So I reached out to the organization and I found out that there was work study positions available for these, uh, summer intensive. So I was lucky enough to go on scholarship as a work study student. So I would stay after clean the studios, get everyone's numbers together for auditions, things like that. And, um, that, that was kind of how I got my face in everyone's face at the organization. Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Jake. I'm That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the um, way to do it. Yeah. They basically just became sick of me eventually. They're like, okay, Jake, enough, go home. Um, but it worked. So they said, okay, Jake, you can stay actually, right? They're yeah. Like, stay with us. <laughs> exactly. So I, that's, I that's wild. Yeah, I auditioned for, I think fourth time was the charm for me. So I auditioned four separate times. And um, on the fourth time, I actually felt, Paul, I felt like a heat on my, on the side of my face, sort of like someone had like a heat lamp on me while I was dancing. And it was the final combination. And as I was going to do a, uh, a turn, I was turning and face front, and I saw Paul was turning and watching me. And that was like the heat that I felt. It was very intense. Uh, and he was watching me for the rest of the combination. And then we stopped, we finished, we said, thank you. And then they called my number and it was incredible. Yeah. See, it's funny because as you're talking, even on the, you know, on Zoom, I can see the sparkle in your eye when you mention his name. Like yeah. as soon as you say his name, I can see that there is definitely this you know, kind of love for, for what he's given you, it seems. And for, for what the program and the company has given you, I can see it in your face, even here, yeah. um, which is magical. Actually. It's really, really great. I'm so proud of you and so happy that you landed where you landed. What's it like performing? I mean, can you describe the, the process of learning the pieces and the first time you had the opportunity to actually walk out on that stage as an official Paul Taylor dancer? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, well, uh, in learning, in terms of learning, um, we, there is a hundred and I'm going to get the number wrong. Forgive me, but I think it's 148 dances in the, in the Paul Taylor Cannon repertoire. So a lot to choose wow. from, a lot to know. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, but there, we also have new commission choreographers working, creating new works on us every year, which is, ex it's, great as a dancer to have um that sort of like feedback between a choreographer in the front of the room and a dancer you know you yearn for that as a dancer to have something sort of created in that collaboration process mm -hmm. and as a choreographer mm -hmm. myself i get so excited because i'm like this is what i want to do eventually and that's what i'm starting to do now so it's, i'm very involved in the choreographic process um but in terms of learning i would say that um a lot of work is expected to be done on your own time. You're given um, Vimeo links, you're, you're meant to study the videos. We have something called an RPP tape where it's basically everyone is in unitards and you're like, they tell you, you're the guy in the red unitard. Watch him throughout the entire 30 minute ballet. So 
So you learn his track and then you come in and you're basically infused in, you usually go section by section throughout the week and then you'll have a run through and you're off touring and performing and you're at Lincoln Center. (laughs) That's nuts. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I talk all the time to my clients about how you have to have work ethic and you have to have grit and some of the other things we've talked about already. And that's a big part of it. I mean, to to be given a tape of something that's 30 minutes long and, and just having to learn all of that on your own and, you know, certainly be guided once it's in there, but you've got to kind of train yourself. That takes a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of grit, a lot of self-reliance, a lot of, you know, focus really. And also, also, you know, time management. It's, it's extraordinary because you, you might be so exhausted from the rehearsal day, but you're like, I need to put in this time now, even if I'm like laying on my couch with my iPad studying, just because it, it will take a little bit of the edge off the next day when you're running it. It's if you have it mentally, it'll help you a little bit physically. It'll get in your brain a little bit faster. So I always mm-hmm. find that if I put in a, little, a bit more time than I before, it helps me not be so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah so stressed out yeah for sure so what was it like the first time you went on stage and where were you and you know what city what theater like do you remember hmm i i had sort of different snapshots in my mind when i think about my first i will say one of the things that stick out in my mind is my first time performing in europe i was in paris and i was performing with another dance company and I felt for the first time, I've heard about European audiences so much, um, but I felt that energy, there was a vibration coming from the house and from the audience and the curtain went up. And usually it's such a weird thing. It's such a niche topic, but usually when the curtain rises, you feel a gust of cold air, which is the air conditioning from the house. And it's usually very hot stage with the lights. But for the first time ever, I felt heat because there was so much body heat because they were adding rows to the orchestra level to seat more people because it was so sold out and that sort of heat came onto the stage and i was like okay this is a full full house we're going to do this and um the audience was amazing it so many extra curtain calls and that really stands out in my mind um as a first mm-hmm. a big first it's definitely a very different perspective you know yes. to be in a company that's so famous and so well known and world renowned and to be given the opportunity to be on stage in front of so many people that love the art and love the style and love the company. And, you know, they come for that specifically, you know, and Mm -hmm. to be transformed and, and to be emotionally touched by what you guys do, you know? So let's talk some real quick, some statistics. So how many members are in the company at any one time? Can you explain that? And I know there's, there's two levels. Is that correct? Yes. So there is, um, 16 current dancers, eight men and eight women, um, that make up the Paul Taylor dance company. And, um, their Taylor two was founded in, I think 1992. Um, and it was, um, six dancers so it's three men and three women and it was basically designed to um for paul taylor's work to be shown at smaller vaudeville houses and and smaller theaters mm. that could accommodate the full work but i used to dance in taylor too and let me tell you it was an exhausting 
job. You were doing three times the amount of work and you were doing a, a solo, then into background work for the next section, then another duet. You were just constantly working and constantly becoming very intimately involved with Paul Taylor's work. And I feel like that's where I really got a hold of who I was as a performer because I had mm -hmm. such a treat of learning so many different roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that must have been a lot of each performance must have been exhausting if there were only oh, yeah. six dancers. Oh my gosh. It was like a two hour sprint and it would never stop. <laughs> and did you travel when you performed with Paul Taylor too, or was that something that was just local? Yeah, no, we, tra we traveled, um, all throughout mostly domestic touring with Taylor too, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which was mm -hmm. exciting. So uh, I did a lot of European touring. We, we go to Asia, we go to Brazil. Um, I've been to the UK when I set my own work on a company. Um, yeah, all over. Dance has been very fortunate to me to allow me to travel. Mm -hmm. I never would have traveled. You know, I never would have had that opportunity to travel this much. Mm -hmm. and that's another thing for young dancers. Like another perk is traveling and seeing the world and sharing your art form with people that have never seen this work before. It's, it's really a gift. So you're doing your own choreography now, you mentioned. So where can we see that? Are you doing that in a separate setting or are you doing that with Paul Taylor? Uh, currently, I'm, I'm doing my own thing with choreography. Um, I'm setting it on... Um, my next project is going to be in Palm Springs, California. So I'm very excited to be going there um, next month. Beautiful place to be going. Oh, it's awful. I don't know how I'm going to stomach it. No, it's going to be great. I'm so excited. Um, I'm always looking to on our off time to create New York with dancers. I have so many friends in the city that are in other companies and I would love to collaborate and, um, sort of enter some festivals. I feel like now that I'm, uh, I've been in the industry as a dancer for enough. I I put in my time that I can sort of reap the benefits of having studio space and having dancers that I know and musicians that I know, and I can start to collaborate, um, with other concert dancers and commercial dancers of all types. Mm -hmm. How many years have you been with Paul Taylor? Um, well, I joined in 2017, June 2017. So six? is that six years? Five six? years? I don't know. Five, Five or six, six years. years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. With your choreography, what do you want to do with it? Like just tell stories and present your own shows. You, you mentioned festivals. Maybe talk about that a little bit, actually. Yeah. The festival circuit and how that works, because a lot of people, a lot of dancers out there don't know how that works and how to get their, their own choreography out there. Can you explain that a little bit? That would be awesome to share. Sure. So, um, I would say there are opportunities of choreography and show showcasing your choreography in almost every state in the country. And you just have to get online and search. There are constantly searches. There's usually a fall submission and a spring submission. There's a ton of summer showcases. Um, there's Fire Island Dance Festival. There's Nantucket. There's the Yard. There's a million on the Northeast um, area that would be all great options to show choreography and are really nice because it's so close to New York and the cities and Northeast. So you see a lot of different faces and you see a lot of familiar faces and a lot of people that you see in New York, you're like, Oh, that's amazing. We're both showing work at the same time. And you kind of, it's like summer dance camp in a way. Mm -hmm. And how do you get your work seen or, or placed in, in a festival? Do you need to submit a tape? How does that work? Yeah. So you would film usually some, some festivals require a full, um, 
piece submission, but sometimes they'll require an excerpt. Sometimes they'll require a work that a previous work, you don't have to submit the work that you're currently working on. It just depends on the, the festival's requirements. And then the audience at the, at these festivals is, are the audiences primarily other dancers and choreographers and other artistic people, or is the public invited to something like that? Uh, it's definitely public invite, but sometimes they might even have like certain gala events. So like usually like a festival have an opening gala ceremony where it's their, their sort of high level donor circle where you'll get to meet <laughs> very impressive people that love the arts. And it's a great way to network and get your face out there and get your choreography out there. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great that you share that because not everybody understands how that works. That's amazing. Um, so what's in the future for you, sir. Do you age out of Paul Taylor? Hopefully not. Yeah. Next month, they're going to kick me out of here. No, uh, <laughs> no, don't say that. no, there's no, there's no real age. It's basically whenever you feel ready. The great thing about Taylor is that it's truly a family and they, they want you to hear for the long haul. They want you to keep growing as an artist and mm -hmm. feel mm -hmm. very supported, which is nice. Mm -hmm. But personally, I think for me, I would love to, take a step more into the choreographer realm. And I would really like to sort of do a full 180 and go back to like my commercial, like move out to LA idea, but infuse my background in concert dance into mm -hmm. the commercial world. And that's, I would like that mm -hmm. my lens of concert dance to be sort of my niche into choreographing commercials and choreographing tours and choreographing opening ceremonies for the Oscars and all, all things like that. Yes. I love that. I yeah. love that so much. Yeah. And it's so true because, um, like I did a little bit of work for Madonna and for her tour in 2012 and working in that space, even when I was young, I did a lot of choreo, but, um, yeah, working in that space, it's so nice that a lot of artists are incorporating a lot of different styles into their performances to make them a little bit more storytelling in that way. Um, I think you have a bright future there, but I don't think Paul Taylor yeah. Dancers Dance Company is going to going to want to lose you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Can you do both? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, right? I'll do both. Right, exactly. I say do both. Kind of your overall advice for someone who, whether that be in general, wants to be a performer and or someone who would want to be a dancer as a profession, as a career that they can actually have to support themselves. Like what kind of advice do you have? I would say that the spark that you felt when you first were drawn to that specific art form and that specific performing arts is what's going to be your your pilot light for the rest of your career it's gonna it's gonna stay lit and it's gonna keep you burning with inspiration and sometimes the industry is gonna be hard and that's okay it's gonna be frustrating and you're gonna it's gonna be physically exhausting and injuries may happen but that's all part of this magical career it really is a gift to be doing what you're doing and um there is no one else on this planet that can do what you do as a dancer and no matter what field you're in no one can do what you can do yes you can do the same steps you can do the same choreography but no one can do it the way that you're going to do it and you have to remember that and that's going to make you special when you're in that room auditioning with 500 other people they're going to look at you because you're the only one that can do it that way. And you have to remember that. 
I love it. So how can people come see Jake Vincent dance with the Paul Taylor Dance Company? Well, um, where are we off to next? We're going to Philadelphia. Then we're going to Los Angeles. Um, and then a lot more cities. But in New York, we'll be at Lincoln Center in the fall. Um, but I would say follow Paul Taylor Dance on all social media. And um, my Instagram is Slice of Jake. If you want to follow me for updates about my own choreography and teaching and yeah, all the updates. I love it. I love it. Favorite piece. What's your favorite mm. piece that you've ever danced for Paul Taylor? Do you have a favorite? I mean, I think I have to go back to where it all started with Company B. That's what. That's how it got me here. And that was the piece that I learned when I was 18. And the fact that I do it now. Really? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's exciting. Thank you so much for taking the time. And thank you to the Paul Taylor Dance Company for allowing me to speak with you because this is a treat and a gift. And I'm sure that, um, yeah, I think a lot of our listeners are going to really, really enjoy listening to your story and to your advice. So thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to follow Jake to keep up with all he is doing, follow him on Instagram at Slice of Jake. And join me every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Need more information? Visit lbctalent.com and follow me on socials at Lisa Solek underscore LBC Talent. By sharing our stories, we can help other talented individuals land the career of their dreams.